There's nothing wrong with being ticked or getting angry to a degree. If someone slights your reputation or says something that you perceive as disrespectful, but why are you 10 times or a hundred times more angry about it than when some terrible violent injustice happens to people in another part of the world? Well, you want to know why? It's because if what you're really looking to for your significance and security is people's approval or a good reputation or status or something like that, then when anything gets between you and the thing that you have to have, you become ruthlessly angry. You can't be consoled until you fix that person or that thing that's in your way. You have to have it. You're over the top. You can't shrug it off. So if we find ourselves angry about getting snubbed in social media or being cut off in traffic or going unrecognized for something at work or having an idea shut down or feeling underappreciated by our spouse, the problem may be that we love ourselves too much. Welcome to the Life School Podcast, where each week you'll learn how to live with greater intentionality and an integrated faith that naturally fits into every area of life. This is the stuff that your parents, teachers, and pastors forgot to tell you. I'm Heath Hollinsby, here with your host, Caesar Kalinowski. Good to be back, as always, here on the Life School Podcast. Yeah, man. You having a good summer? I am, actually. I, I really am. We purposely don't travel. Uh, we try not to travel July and August because the weather is perfect. It's amazing. And it has been, and I'm loving it. And you know what? I have. To, I say it. I've said it before. Guess what? Making disciples and trying to build community, you got to be home and you got to be in community. So, like, I feel so much closer to my neighbors. Sure. Really. Like, just this Spend summer, because, like, even the 4th of July, it, no one seemed like no one went out of town. And since all the team K was here, you yeah. know, I, we ran into so many people. And yeah, it's great. I'm, so I'm, cool. We're loving it. We're loving it. We're loving the heat right now, quote unquote heat. <laughs> yeah, whatever it might be called. Hey, by the way, there's only a few days left for yeah. the Cigars and Theology live early bird pricing for That's folks right. that want to come. Right? People who haven't listened yet, Caesar and I talk about Cigars and Theology. It's something we've done for years here now in the Pacific Northwest. It's a monthly gathering of guys that get together, have some cigars, talk theology in a way that is not very common. It's not like an old Bible study. Kind of teaches gospel fluency, really, so people yeah, exactly. can then figure out stuff for themselves and how the gospel applies. Yeah, so we're hosting an event here at Caesar's House uh, just outside of Tacoma, Washington, September of this year, and we've got two days left until the pricing goes up significantly. And we've, uh, we've, we're running out of spots, too. So get, get it, check it out. It's at 123lifeschool.com forward slash cigars plural 123lifeschool.com forward slash cigars all the information's there Heath and I have a little video explaining the whole package yep. it's kind of all in all you have to do is show up and everything you need is included Yeah. and you'll leave with curriculum you'll know how to do it you'll be trained you'll have experienced it you'll have eaten Tina's amazing food you'll have made new friendships of guys like around the country yeah. and even actually around the world we... and you're going to learn some theology I promise <laughs> it's going to be great so again 123lifeschool.com forward slash cigars you'll get all the information you need ladies feel free to give that as a gift to your spouse the one best. night away from home and it'll be how cool would it be for someone's wife to say you know what honey i want you to go to this okay babe i got I your really plane do. ticket and you're in it'd be awesome right here at all right House. hey let's dive into the topic today this is uh gonna be an amazing one and we got to thank one of our listeners for even throwing the idea our way hey yeah so lee clements is a listener he's actually a fan on the uh, uh, the family in the facebook group and uh, he said why don't you do a topic about anger and righteous anger uh, and we thought it was a good idea because we've not really talked about this before. Not specifically. Yeah. No. It, it, but it is an idea 
of like how followers of Jesus should deal with anger. That's what we're going to get to today by the time we're done. So maybe we start off like we we do often when we're kind of delving in new areas by defining what we're talking about so we have some handles to grab onto. So let's define this idea of anger, and not just from a dictionary sense, but but also from a gospel sense. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think we all know what anger looks and feels like, because we've all been angry in our lives. Sure. If you, if you say, well, I don't really get angry, mm, liar. <laughs> but most of us don't know much about this emotion or where it comes from, and if anger is always a bad thing, or could it at times actually be a picture of God's own heart in a situation? Hmm. Here's what's crazy. Why we get angry has to do with love, actually. Wow. Yeah, love. See, anger doesn't come out of nowhere. It's not actually an original emotion. In one degree or another, anger is our response to whatever endangers something we love. Hmm. Okay? And here's a quote from Tim Keller. He says, in its uncorrupted origin, anger is actually a form of love. Anger is love in motion to deal with a threat to someone or something we truly care about. And in many ways, it can be right. Wow. So the question isn't who gets angry, but why we all get angry. So it's right that we get angry, like, for instance, like when there's a delivery guy speeding down your street in your neighborhood when there's kids out playing in the front yard. That makes sense. Sure. Right? Because there's a threat to something you love. The delivery guy puts our children in danger. It's also right that we'd get angry about, say, like, some hideous evil going on in the world and you know africa or you know borders and weird stuff right it's unbelievably horrible stuff that's going on around the world and it'd be right to be angry about that but if we're honest as much as there are right instances for our anger most of our anger isn't connected to the incidental dangers surrounding our children or wicked injustices happening across the world as much as we love our own kids and care about innocent victims our anger typically points to other loves or what Keller calls disordered loves. Jeez, man. They're already. disordered. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense, right? And this is, this is actually already kind of mind-bending because to think that it's actually stemming from something we love is something I've actually never considered before. And we've talked about before that all sin comes from something God originally created good. Yeah. And then, but we distort it. In this case, we're saying it's been disordered. Sure. It's not right, but it's actually flowing out of love. And so, we, yeah, we can see there's a big, <laughs> there's a big cliff ahead here. So, so before we get tackling kind of what you mean by this disordered love piece that you just spoke about, mm-hmm. let's talk about the fact that throughout Scripture, like we do see that God gets angry. We see yep. Jesus gets angry. This is this is kind yep. of part of our story. Yep, that's right. Jesus got angry, and he was perfect. <laughs> He's hmm. a perfect human being, and yet we see him get angry, right? And it's because it's, it's actually. This idea of talking about anger, it's not a matter of never being angry. The Apostle Paul tells us in Ephesians 4, 26, to be angry, but do not sin. Hmm. So it's not like we're told to never be angry. No, it's like, but don't let it lead to sin. Back to like what you were saying, Jesus getting angry, right? John 2, we see Jesus with the money changers in the temple, right? Going nuts, overturning the tables. He actually does that twice. Did you know he does it again in Matthew 21? Uh but without the whip this time. <laughs> so, I don't know. Uh, Mark 3, he's dealing with religious leaders who are harassing him uh, uh, for because he's been healing on the Sabbath and he That's gets right. angry. And Matthew 23, um, he's calling out religious leaders on the hypocrisy. Hmm. And then in John 11, at the tomb of Lazarus, we see Jesus is both sowerful and kind of a bit angry because people are doubting him and not getting it. And you, sure. you, know, you can kind of sense that. So Jesus gets angry because he's a man of pure love. He gets angry... But we see he doesn't sin in his anger. Yeah, so that might be a reframe. I know it is for me, but also for some of our listeners, is that to be angry isn't inherently 
a sin because Jesus being perfect was That's okay right. getting angry, right? So all of our emotions come from God. We're creating God's image. And so every one of our emotions comes from who God is. Yeah. And, we, and we see clearly, and there's a zillion places in scripture where it talks about God's anger, the anger of God, right? This cup of his wrath or the cup of his anger and all these types of things. And so, but what we get to look for is like, okay, but what's the thing behind the thing? What's sure. producing that anger? What produces Jesus' anger? Some use the term righteous anger, but it's, it's, it's actually a, <laughs> he's going after something he loves, yeah. He loves his father's glory. He loves the house of the Lord, the you know, a house of prayer, his father's home. He loves people and he doesn't want to see the, the religious leaders making them seven times the sons of hell, you know, yeah, binding exactly. them up and putting heavy loads on them. So so he, it's the right kind of anger. And it's not like, well, but it'd still be better not to have it. No, it's right. It, it, like it's it's love in action, yeah. right? I, lo- I love that. It helps me so much. It's love in action. It's beautiful, man. Okay, yeah. so let's get back to what you were talking about. Uh, this idea that our anger actually comes from like having a disordered love. Yeah. Okay. So disordered loves or inordinate affections, which is what Augustine originally called them. Sure. They're a part of this age old problem of taking good things and making them ultimate things. Hmm. Right. And Keller talks about that all the time. Sure. And it's the slippery slope that goes from really loving our children to finding our identity in them. Hmm. or to thinking that our lives are pointless without the prosperity that we have from our position at work or our reputation being all that we want it to be. It's sort of that insidious shift that turns blessings into idols. Hmm. And when our loves get disordered, our anger goes haywire. We'll find ourselves getting annoyed at like the simplest, most harmless things, the things that really shouldn't make us all that mad. Hmm. But see, what we've taken is something that was good, and now we've made it like, I got to have it. So it's like this bigger, it's a disordered love. It's an inordinate affection, like Augustine says, right? Keller explained it this way. Oh, man, he blows my mind. He goes, there's nothing wrong with being ticked or getting angry to a degree. If someone slights your reputation, but why are you 10 times or 100 times more angry about it than some horrible, violent injustice being done to people in another part of the world? And he says, you know why? It's because if what you're really looking to for your significance and security is people's approval or a good reputation or status or something like that, then when anything gets between you and the thing that you have to have because you love it so much, you become ruthlessly angry. You wow. just, you can't be consoled until you get it fixed. You go after that person, you fix them, you fix their opinion, whatever's in your way. You have to have it. You're over the top. You can't shrug it off. Hmm. So if we find ourselves angry about getting snubbed in social media or being cut off in traffic or going unrecognized for work or maybe having your ideas shot down or feeling underappreciated by your spouse. The problem Keller says it might be that we love ourselves too much. Wow. And if you look at the things in your heart that most anger you, and then you ask the question, what am I defending? And you have an answer to what your heart loves the most. Wow. I mean, it's worth saying it again. If you look at the things in your heart that most anger you, then you ask your question, what am I defending here? Hmm. Then you'll have the answer to what your heart loves the most. Jeez right keller man killing it yeah man right (laughs) i was just thinking um that this ties into something we actually have talked a lot about on the show like the four g's yeah because a lot of times we engage the conversation about the thing behind the thing and i'm wondering like when we when we talk about the four g's how are we able to process through these four g's whether (laughs) or not our anger is actually something that's righteous versus something that we're just upset about or offended by yeah, well, I won't take the time to reteach all the four G's, but for for those of you who you know have followed us and listened, you know what we're talking about, these four truths about God that when we don't believe them, lead to every kind of lie or false loves, right? Yeah. So the first of the four G's is the one that comes to mind for me. It goes like this. It goes, God is great. That's the first G. Yep. But the corresponding statement is, God is great, so I don't have to be in control. Hmm. 
So what or who do I love the most that's behind my anger and is, is, and is my getting angry a form of trying to control people hmm. or control opinions or control circumstances? Yeah. See, it's, it's, not, it's not what the person said that angers us. It's what we tell ourselves next hmm. about what they said. Yeah. Like I got to control that. We control. Yeah, exactly. That's right. And so I think in that case, it's a good, it's a good parallel brother, but it, of the four G's and I'm sure we could probably (laughs) connect all all the four G's to anger. But I think a big one here is that comes to mind is God is great. So I don't have to be in control Hmm. of my reputation or what people think of me or what they speak or say. I have the father's love. I know it. I'm good. Yeah. I'm secure in that identity. Yeah. 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 You know, one of the things I was thinking about is that I know a lot of people that, that let their anger get to a point of festering into like this lifelong bitterness. Yeah, they just uh, become like angry people. Yeah, it's, it just, it's like deep They don't know what they're angry at anymore. They're just pissed off at everything, they're right? They're just kind yeah. of, yeah. So how do we address the problem of these disordered loves that produce sinful anger and make sure that we're not hanging on to anger for a lifetime and letting it become really a bitter root in our hearts that affect our relationships and friendships? Yeah, well, Keller teaches that there's there's actually three levels of sort of our anger, okay? okay? There's the level one, the things that just bug us every day. They sort of tick us off. They're annoyance. Sure. Okay, and we all have them. And it's not like, oh, that bugged me, so I just sinned. It's like, what do I do with it that would change that, right? Okay. But So that's a level one, you know, things that bug us, annoyances. Level two are the things or situations that are like betrayals or letdowns where we haven't forgotten them. Hmm. We don't let them go. Or we haven't totally forgiven them. And by the way, these level two sort of issues lead to more level one anger. Sure. The things we can't let go of make a lot more things bug us and annoy us. That <laughs> right? makes sense. So if you're a man and a woman has wronged you and you've not truly forgiven that woman, you'll be quicker to being angry with women in your life. Hmm. You'll be quicker to be offended by slights from women. Or if you're from an ethnicity uh, that maybe other races or other ethnicities have picked on you, slighted you, put you down, mm-hmm. and you've not dealt with it or f- forgiven it, then that level two anger is going to lead to you being really touchy when certain people from certain ethnicities or colors mm-hmm. or races are present or picking on you or say anything, right? That makes a lot of sense. And then there's this level three. <laughs> this is where it gets really creepy. Level three is the low level of anger with life and God himself. Hmm. It's like if you, and we all do, build your life on things like I'll be happy when I have blank, right? Sure. Like I'll be happy when I have a family or this job or this house, this situation, this person's respect or a life like this. Mm-hmm. If that's what you build your life on. Well, see, life never gives us exactly what we desire. And then we have this low level bedrock of bitterness and self-pity and anger against life and a world, you know, yep. and against God. And that makes it hard, and that makes it hard to forget wrongs like that have actually been done to us, like level two stuff, sure. and makes it therefore easier to be slighted at level one. And level one creates more fodders, you know, and problems for us to like be offended at level two, and then level three, and on and on. Yeah, it's like circular. Yeah, yeah it leads going. to so much of the misery in this world and in our relationships. It really does. So how would you uh, how would you propose that we heal this? Okay, three things. First, admit it. Okay, own it. Be in touch with how angry you really are and why. See, to, to admit you're angry is actually an act of humility and weakness and need. But we usually just say, well, I'm not angry. I'm just offended. Yeah. 
like, no, you're angry too. Yeah. You're angry. <laughs> you know? So, um, so just admit it. That's, you got to start there. You got to admit that like, I'm actually angry, hmm. you know? Okay. Now, second, analyze it. Like what makes you angry? It's not actually what's happened to you or what's been said to or about you. It's what you say to yourself about it. I kind of mentioned that earlier. Hmm. Okay. Let me say it again. What makes you angry is not actually what's happened or what someone said. It's what you say to yourself about it. It's the self-talk that you engage in. Proverbs 20, 22 says, do not say, I'll pay you back for this wrong. Hmm. Well, who's this man in Proverbs talking to? Do not say, say to who? That's self-talk. That's what's going on in Proverbs, self-talk. What makes you angry is not actually what's happened to you. It's what you say to yourself. Well, that means dot, 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 or I have to have this. So Hmm. ask yourself, what is the thing I'm defending in this? in my heart that's making me so angry. Anger is defending something you love. So what is the thing I love so much in this situation? Wow, that's a great question. So admit it, then analyze it. Like, what's the thing that I love so much that I'm getting so flipped out on? Yep. Now, if it's that guy almost ran over my kid, then that's why, yeah, right? Sure. You, you know that. But that's that's rarely the issue. Yeah, exactly. Right? There's and that's usually else. over in the moment. We're like, well, I got to report that guy. And we move on. Yep. It's the slights against self and what we say to ourselves that really produce the anger. Hmm. Right? Okay. Third step. So admit it, analyze it, and then absorb it. Absorb it. We get to. It's crazy, right? Yeah. But, and this takes the spirit of God in our lives. So here, see, when we're slighted, when when someone does something, says something, doesn't do what they say or whatever, and, and we, we're, you know, we're offended or we can be angry, we have some choices. Okay. We could withdraw and just avoid it or avoid them. Like, I'm going to pretend like it didn't happen. Sure. Or I'm just, you get know. Get out of my life. I'm not yeah. hanging around that person anymore. Yeah. Let's just forget it. I'm just going to walk sure. around their desk at work or I'm not talking to that sibling anymore. I'm not, you know what I mean? Yep. Cut them I out of just, your life. Yeah, right? Um. Or we can go at people with harshness and like look to win by upping the ante and going in with guns blazing, you know, mm. like what? No, 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 no. That ain't right. They said this. I'm going to prove it. No, I'm going to go in there and fix that. Yeah. Right. Or we'll I'm going straight to the boss right now. You know, I'm sure. going to my pastor and I'm telling him this, 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 and this. So we can withdraw, avoid it. Right. Or we can go in, boom, guns blazing to fix it. Hmm. Okay. Or the way to target the problem, not, not maybe the idiot, but the idiocy <laughs> is to draw closer to that person, hmm. insist gently on the truth. And this is all from Keller, by the way. He says, draw close to that person, insist gently on the truth and absorb their anger without paying back or defending yourself. Wow. That will diffuse it. In other words, you absorb the anger yeah. by drawing close to the person, right? Yep insisting gently on the truth and absorbing their anger without paying back or defense. So you can be mad at the unbelief that that person is experiencing and deluded by, but you don't have to withdraw or go after them. Sure. Right? Proverbs 15.1, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Hmm. So I can be mad at the thing that they're not believing true about God or about myself sure. or about my kids or whatever, but I don't have to attack the person. Yeah. I can I can draw near. I can gently insist on, no, but this is what's true. Yeah, press in. And then absorb it, you know, and yeah. move on. So the gospel truth is <laughs> we are actually mad at God. This is hmm. where the gospel kind of comes in and just, ugh, just pulls our hearts apart. We are actually mad at God. And we don't want to admit it. You know, no one wants to admit you're mad at God because that's... That's because people in anger always deny it. Sure. We want this and we want that, or I wanted this or I wanted that, and God hasn't given it to us. 
and we're mad. Hmm. We have disappointments in life. We think we should be here. We think we should have this type of income. We should, I should have had this kind of kids or spouse sure. or, or whatever, respect or degree or why is that guy getting a promotion or whatever, yep. right? And we're actually mad at God. We're in denial that we're mad at him. Hmm. But the proof that we're mad at him, and it's the most unjustified, the most disordered, the most hurtful possible rage, but it's proof that it's there, was that when God became human, when he became vulnerable, yep. when, when God became killable, when God was in our clutches, we took hold of him. We took him to the cross. You say you're our king? You're going to be my king? Hmm. Yeah, right. We tortured him. We mocked him. We were vile, yet he didn't revile us. Hmm. We were angry, but God didn't withdraw. Think about it. Yeah. He didn't come in guns blazing. He went to the cross. And on the cross, he told us the truth about ourselves, about his love for us. And he absorbed our disordered rage without paying back. He didn't hang there on the cross going, you know, I'm doing this for you. This is your, you know. And he didn't just take our undeserved anger that we had towards him. He also took the anger that we deserved. Hmm. See, on the cross. Yeah, on the cross, Jesus took, not only took the anger, our anger that he didn't deserve, but he also took the anger that we deserved without paying back. And think about it. The gentlest word, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Hmm. And when you see Jesus Christ taking our disordered rage at infinite cost to himself, you can begin to understand true love and rightly ordered anger. Hmm. And so when other people wrong you, then you can say, hey, you know, I've wronged people and I've wronged God, but he didn't withdraw or retaliate. He absorbed my sin and anger. And I can do the same now with others because God's love is so great, so much bigger than any slight or letdown mm-hmm. that I can begin to rightly order my feelings toward them and re- reorder my feelings into love as well. See, God was angry with sin, but he loved the sinner. That's me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See you and I. Yep. So now I'm free to turn around and do that myself with others. Oh, that is the goodness <sighs> of the gospel, right? That's such good news, man. You know, I'm thinking like... I, I just thanks for this because this is we've had a situation my wife and I in our in our little community our neighborhood lately that we just haven't known what to deal with and my heart naturally would just go to that win it you know like you were talking about like you got to go in and win things you probably have moved through all three of those like yeah. withdraw and avoid it go after them to win yeah and then maybe and maybe secretly just be mad at God you know yeah sure <laughs> you know, right no but this is a good reframe and then you look at the cross right you always go back to the cross and you see. That reframes everything on how we need to approach people gently and in love. And, and he didn't it. withdraw. He, in fact, he moved in closer. It's why he came to earth yeah. to draw near to us. So we get to model that. So well. that then he could absorb the anger and wrath that we all deserved and earned. Oh, it's, it's so, man. and that changes me. That changes me. It's like, oh, I have nothing to be angry about. I've been forgiven for so much. Yeah. It's a beautiful gospel, dude. And I'm glad big. that we get to do this every, every week. Yeah. Hey, Amen. you, before we started recording, even earlier today, you were talking about this everyday discipleship challenge kind of. Yeah, it's, it's a, uh, it's that we're doing, uh, I've done a couple of these before, but I'm doing the everyday disciple challenge. It's four days of like online training and it's about 25 ish minutes a day. And I do a pretty good deep dive, do some training, and then you get a little bit of homework to okay. do. And it's designed to help uh, folks start to kind of move towards gospel fluency and move towards like living out all of life hmm. with uh, 
you know, gospel intentionality and, and all of that. And so like, like, the, like there's four days of this training. So like the first day I'm going to teach about like natural rhythms of life that are perfectly created by God for okay. natural daily discipleship. Um, second day I'll be talking about a place at the table where people are waiting to be discipled by you and you've got this perfect tool okay. <laughs> already built in a rhythm going with it. Day three, I'll be teaching on uh, blessed to be a blessing and I'll, and I'll show you how to discover simple but profound ways to bless others through like really simple acts of service and, and make it a natural part of your daily discipleship. Awesome. And day four, we'll, we'll talk about um, how to stop the burnout because this hmm. sometimes when people get on this, they, they put themselves in a treadmill and discipleship as a lifestyle naturally flows from our identity. So I'm sure. going to teach deeply on identity as well. But like I said, each day, you get about 25, 30 minutes of training and then a little bit of homework to do and, and we'll, it'll be online in the life school group yep. in our group Facebook, right yeah. that's where the videos will be live every day and then we'll you'll answer your questions do your homework right there it's amazing mm -hmm. last time we did this challenge brother we had over 600 people sign up to go through it with us more like a thousand did because people just kept sharing the links sure. and i don't know how untold thousands and thousands of views and comments from people it was Isn't amazing so fun yeah and so i just want to invite everybody to that and, and uh, we'll put a link to that in today's show notes so Sweet. if you're listening on your phone or whatever you're gonna have to just remember or go over to one two three lifeschool.com forward slash podcast yep one two three lifeschoolcom forward slash podcast and just scroll down underneath the show notes you'll see like hey stuff from today's episode and there'll be a link to the everyday disciple challenge okay awesome so hey so we're giving that away and then the that's other thing free so just join me like jump in see what it's like to spend four or five days with 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 uh with me yeah there <laughs> so. you go hey another free thing we love to give away at the end of every show is our big three and that's like the big three takeaways we want you to leave with from the show you get it and printable PDF form by going to 123lifeschool.com forward slash big three. That's 123lifeschool.com forward slash big three. Caesar, what are the big three for this week? Wow, this was, uh, this was hard to distill this down because I, I have so many thoughts swirling around and, you know, the stuff from Keller that I was, you know, kind of quoting and sharing is like just so heavy and beautiful. Um, I feel a little rewired. So here's my sure. big three, okay? It's not a sin to be angry, but anger can lead to sin. God and Jesus both displayed times of their anger, like we talked about, but they were never angry for their own benefit. Hmm. They were angry at the destruction and loss of relationship that words and actions of people were causing. And too often, our anger is self-love that we hold on to until it eats us up inside or drives a permanent wedge between us and others. So just let's remember, be angry like at injustices, but sin not. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Move okay. forward. Second one. Our anger with others can lead to our being angry with God. Hmm. Just too often, we look to others to provide or fulfill only what God himself can and should give us. And when we feel let down or overlooked or slighted by people, we turn our anger towards God. Hmm. Like, admit it. You do it. I do it. Yeah, we all do. Now, on the cross, though, oh, and this is the gospel, Jesus absorbed our misplaced anger toward him. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And he absorbed the anger and wrath that we deserved. And because now we're infinitely loved and forgiven, we too can love and forgive others as we absorb the painful impact, impact of their words and actions with God's strength and love. <laughs> I was going to say that because it's, it's very hard for me to do this on my own. But you know what? The Spirit of God and the gospel is teaching me this. Yeah, that changes Even things. in the hearing, I feel like I'm transformed, right? All right, number three. Okay, third of the big three today. The, the way to eliminate the problem like with people and anger towards people is to draw closer to that person. Insist gently on the truth mm. and absorb their anger without 
payback or defense of yourself. You can be mad at the unbelief that person's experiencing or deluded by, but you don't have to withdraw or go after them. You don't have to hide, blame, or retaliate. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Hmm. That comes from Proverbs 15, right? Yep. Thanks yep. for the big three. Again, if you want the download of that free PDF of this week's big three takeaways, you just go to 123lifeschool.com. I'm getting it. Yeah, print it out. <laughs> put it in your car. Put it around your, your work. I don't know, wherever you want to throw it. That's 123lifeschool.com forward slash big three. And again, if, you, um, if you're listening to the show, we know that people are listening from not only around the world, but on numerous different devices and different platforms. Some listen on iTunes, some on Pandora or Spotify or Stitcher or the list goes on. If you haven't yet, just go to whatever site it is or, or app that you use to listen to the show. And if you wouldn't mind Subscribe subscribing to the show, thing. you'll get a notification every Monday morning when we release two plus years of every Monday having solid new content. Coming up on three, bro. It's crazy. Is that crazy? Yeah. So subscribe, give us a couple stars, write a nice review. That helps us get the show out to people that might have not found us any other way. So. Yeah, and I, I just want to say thanks again to Lee for this great idea to talk about anger. Yeah, thanks, Lee. We learned. I know Caesar oh. and I both learned a lot in doing the research. And yeah, awesome. Thanks for being with us today. Uh, we're back next week. Next week, we're actually going to be talking about um, when it's okay to leave your church, when you're supposed to stick in there, who, who determines like, whether you like stay you, or leave. It's like time to leave. Like, we just got to leave this church or whatever. We're going to talk about that. And when, it's when, when it's legit and when maybe you should just hold. Yeah. <laughs> so join us for that. Thanks for being with us today. For more information, you can visit 123lifeschool.com forward slash podcast. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not.